Hey, welcome to uh, Real Life Talk. We are excited to be bringing these to you. Obviously, in the spirit of podcasting, we want to make it as uh, casual and as real as possible. Um, I think that we've been true to that, if you've watched any of our previous programs. But um, today, we're going to have a conversation, and we don't want to set a time limit to this. It can be short, it can be normal, it can be whatever, but um, Alan Schleeman is with us from Stand to Reason, and I love the way that the man thinks, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in the world around us regarding this incredible uh, rise, global rise, mind you, global rise of conversation and of, of a debate regarding the LBGTQ community, trans, tra transgenderism, and all these things that are, that are taking place. Alan's got some amazing things to share, uh, and I have some interesting things to bring up to you guys as well. But Alan, welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you with us right now. And um, just before we get going, tell yeah. us a little bit about your ministry. Tell us about what you do and how you um, fulfill the call that God's put on your life. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, well, standard reason we're about training Christians to persuasively yet graciously share their convictions, right? And uh, as you, as kind of the topic of today suggests, I mean, a lot of topics are extremely controversial. Uh, people are um, very heated about them. And so we want to think, okay, how can we communicate what we believe, biblically speaking, uh, in a way that's not only compelling, so making a good argument for it, but doing it in a way that's charitable and gracious. And part of the reasoning why we uh, try to come with that approach is that we take seriously what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, mm. that we are all ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And that means we represent Jesus in everything that we do, however we come across to other people. So whether we come across as winsome and gracious and kind, or we come across as crude and crass and offensive, either way mm. we come across is gonna, ultimately going to be a reflection upon the good name of Jesus. Yeah, and so that's why we often say, you got to ask yourself the question, what kind of ambassador am I like? Am I an effective one or am I an ineffective one? Because regardless of which one you are, you are saying something about your king. That's right. And so that's what we do at Standard Reason because we cover a lot of controversial subjects. We try to think, man, how can I speak as an ambassador would uh, on this subject matter, whether it's homosexuality and transgenderism like we're talking about today. I also speak a lot about uh, Islam, bioethics, abortion, these are tough issues, yeah. and I don't mean to suggest that I have all the answers, but one thing I always try to make sure I do is to come across as, as uh, gently as I can, uh, trying to model Christ's approach, full of grace, full of truth, yeah. and I think that's key. So that's yeah. what we do. Yeah, and that is so excellent because um, of the fact that here we are by God's incredible graciousness. He's allowed us in our different areas, and mm -hmm. all Christians for that matter, yeah. to to traffic in this world mm -hmm. and to be salt and light and to lead others to Christ and to uh, give them the answers, as, you, as you're saying, is respectful and kind. Um, and yet uh, the modern-day church seems to be struggling with that. Mm -hmm. The modern-day church and maybe the pulpit is saying, gosh, you know what, we need to be loving, so we're not going to talk about these things. And then the other side of the pendulum is, you know, let's beat somebody up about these truths. Right. And so there's a, there's a balance. And the Holy yeah. Spirit, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is always balanced. Mm -hmm. He's always perfect on these things. So, Alan, all over the news, and that's an understatement, worldwide, uh, there's the coverage of this seven-year-old uh, 
child that's going through um, this, do I say transgender experiment? I don't know what to say about it, but um, it's, again, it's all in the news. We're talking about a seven-year-old boy uh, that is in a transition battle because of the worldview differences between his mom mm-hmm. and his dad. It's a divorced situation. It's a custody battle. Right, right. And um, Alan, share about where this little kid's at and, and what in the world? I mean, just, Alan, just do the Alan thing. Talk to us about <laughs> the dynamics that's before us because there's going to be a whole lot of people listening to what you have to say right now mm-hmm. that they may be going through this with their family mm-hmm. or they're about to and they don't know it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so, I mean, as best I understand the situation, you know, as you said, the parents are divorced. The mother believes the child is transgender. So, although um, the boy is biologically male, uh, the mother believes that uh, no, this boy is actually transgender and is a female, and um, the father, of course, disagrees and says, "No, no, no. When the boy's with me, he doesn't express any sort of transgender ideation. You know, he's 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 a boy. In fact, they're even dressed. He's even dressed differently when he's with. They right. broadcast that as right, well. Right, right. Yeah. So as you mentioned, it, it's like the it's like the epitome of an, of a custody battle because it mm-hmm. affects the child so much. And so, um, as you said, this is taking place all over like this is just one case that just happens to be in the news but in reality this kind of thing is happening all the time many times the parents are actually on the same page and uh, their their son or their daughter at a very young age says um, mom dad uh, although I'm a boy or although I'm a girl I think I'm actually the opposite and what's what's scary about this is that these parents are taking these children's um, expressions seriously and and not that we shouldn't take what our children no, say but seriously, I, I, but what seems to be an obvious incompatibility with reality—they're taking it authoritatively, coming from a—that's right—and then they're older. and then they're 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 going to physicians and to psychologists. And it used to be that if you said, "Well, I think I'm a girl, even though I'm biologically male," you would at the very least have that doctor or psychologist or psychiatrist say, "Well, let's talk about this. What's going on?" But what we're finding is a lot of these people are just being fast-tracked yeah. towards transitioning. They're just saying, oh, okay, well, you're, you're transgender, so all right, let's get you on some drugs, let's get you on some hormones, let's get you a plan to get transitioned. Or, or if the child you know, is, like in this case, seven years old, maybe we should give them some puberty blockers. Let's give them some drugs that will prevent them from reaching puberty because, wait, let's give them more time to consider whether they are male or female and let's not let nature sort of take its course, if you will. Uh, this may be kind of over the top. Yeah. But it seems to me that I've read somewhere back in the late 30s and the 40s about a certain worldview where we could manipulate a person's chemistry or existence by tampering with them genetically, messing with them. I mean, Adolf Hitler had research laboratories that conducted similar or things that would alter the human being uh, in, in a crazy experiment. Alan, I want to ask you, what, are you saying that real, licensed, board-certified, Harvard graduate-type physicians are saying, yeah, let's let's go down this pathway, I'll sanction, I'll sign the prescription for this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's... That's why I'm saying it's, it's, it's really scary because there's so much pressure for these physicians to comply with uh, this transgender movement. Where's the pressure coming from 
onto the physician. Where's the pre- is it cultural or is oh. it governmental? What is it? Well, it's it's certainly cultural. I mean, if you sure. say, if you deny that a person can be born uh, biologically male, but then identifies a female, and that isn't some sort of real um, expression that's genuine, and they really are a woman, then you will be ridiculed. You'll be mocked, and it doesn't matter even if you're say a, a lesbian yourself. Like one classic example of this was uh, Martina Navratilova. Mm-hmm. Who, as you, as many you probably yeah. know, was a, um, was a, you know, won multiple championships Amazing. in tennis. Uh, she's been an outspoken lesbian for I don't know decades now, and uh, in, in one case where uh, there's been men who are participating in women's sports because they're identifying as a female, and seems to a lot of people that these people have a competitive advantage over the average female because they're biologically male. Martina Navratilova said, well, you know, this seems like unfair. This seems like it's cheating. Like I, you know, I support people who are transgender, but let's not try to have them compete against women who are actually women. And she got blasted and yet she's a lesbian. So you'd think she'd be the person who people would say, well, this represents people that we think are, you know, cool and trendy and progressive. But even Martina Navratilova at that point was considered outdated. So this is how hostile the culture has gotten that they would even turn on someone who's considered to be their own, like Martina Navratilova. So yeah, there's tremendous pressure uh, from the culture to to buy into this. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just- So there's no science behind the, the physician signing the, the documents to get this transition going. There's no science behind it. Well, if there is science, it's very premature. And I don't know if we can possibly have, know the implications or the, uh, the repercussions of blocking puberty and making puberty not occur, say, at the ages of 12, 13, or 14, but at 17, 18, and 19. Like, these are significant things that I would say are experimental. We're, we're allowing, <laughs> a lot of people say experimental, not just <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're allowing that, but no GMOs. Right. That's right. That's very important. That's right. Yeah. That yeah my yeah. burger have no hormones. That's in right. It. Yeah. We we don't want to modify inorganic, you know, in, yeah. uh, inanimate objects. But so know. so so, just removing this experiment off the table, it's bad enough for a child to have to negotiate divorce. Mm-hmm. Divorce is devastating to right. a child. Everybody Absolutely. knows. Psychologists Absolutely. knows. Families know that mom and dad do not really pay the price for a divorce. It's the children. Yeah. It's the child. So, so this this kid. Um, what rights do the does he have a voice? What rights does the child have? Yeah, uh, I mean, so this is a great question because we're giving we're we're making permanent decisions oh my about goodness. a child's future uh, at the age of seven. Okay, now I'm not saying children who are seven years old are stupid or don't know anything, but you know that they, you know, change their minds about a whole bunch They're of things. They're not interested in sex and sexuality right. at seven. They're interested in playing Xbox and right. baseball. Sure. That's right. But we're, we're taking these, these um, I don't know, whims in some cases, um, expressions in some cases, and we're going to permanentize them by making decisions about puberty, about hormones, about drugs, and in some, of course, extreme cases, uh, into doing surgeries that will have permanent effects. Explain a moment. When you say surgery, maybe just for our audience, we're talking about castration? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's we're talking chemical. about- It's not chemical. It's actual? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In some cases, they'll do, I mean, they'll do surgeries that will remove organs, sex organs, um, because if they think they're a female- then, of course, having a penis or having testicles is going to be inconsistent with that expression and vice versa. I mean, there's 
many women I've, I've met, even at the conferences I've spoken at, who've come to me and said, yeah, I had my, my breasts removed, um, you know, because I wanted to transition, you know. Um, so it, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to believe we're here. And uh, I, I would think that even secular culture would at some point say, okay, wait a minute, this is going a little bit too far, you know. What we're doing here is, is child abuse, I would argue, right? Um, uh, maybe some of your listeners have heard of a, of a female named Camille Paglia, who is a lesbian. She's not a friend of Christianity, okay? Uh, she's outspoken about all these topics. And um, well-known researcher, very well-respected, very intelligent. And she says this, any adult who collaborates with physicians or medical teams or whatever and intrudes into a child's developing body is guilty of child abuse, a crime against humanity. I agree. Okay. And I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I might disagree with a whole bunch of things she says, but when she says that, I, I I'm fully agree. Like, so who's responsible then? Who's responsible? The child cannot be responsible. So who's responsible? Who will be held liable if, number one, you said the word, the child's development. Development means mm-hmm. we're interrupting something that's not completed. We're tampering with. He's in development. Right. right. That's normal. Yeah. He's, he's DNA programmed to develop. But somebody steps in, somebody, if it's mom, dad, if it's, if it's Harvard Med, somebody, they're going to step in, they're going to change that. We don't know what we're playing with here. Never gone down this road before. What if in 20 years, this person says something like, I... I, I want to be a, I want to be I want to go back to being a male, right. but I don't have the parts yeah. anymore. They've been taken from me, yeah. and they they God forbid, but they they go get a rifle or they blow up something, and ho- some horrific act takes place. Right? Who's responsible? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I, I, it, it seems like we would ex- we would hope that our culture and the medical profession and the scientific establishments that are responsible for for this would 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 be held accountable for this. I mean, that, that's why, I mean, I would hope to see that th- they would change. Um, uh, I was telling you off the air about um, a, a person I met, acquaintance of mine, who, um, he was born intersex, which um, granted is a is a rare condition. So Very intersex rare. simply that refers happens. to a person who's, uh, well, intersex is, is a broad term that can refer to any number of different variations of uh, genetic uh, abnormalities, biological anomalies, abnormalities, anomalies, whatever. Some you can't tell. Some are visible. Some are not. It doesn't matter. In this case, he was born where he had some ambiguous genitalia. So it wasn't immediately clear whether he was male or female. Okay, um, He had some male sex organs, but not fully. So the doctors and the parents collaborated and asked, okay, what should we do? They said, well, he doesn't have all of his male parts, so why don't we just do this? It looks like he's biologically male, but doesn't have all his male parts. I'm sorry. Yeah. Help me understand. He looks like he's biologically male by observance, but blood, genetic, he's a male, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they knew... Chemically, they, scientifically. Right. Yeah, he's, he's male okay, okay. Uh, genetically. But, um, but because he didn't have all his parts, they said, well, we can go other way. Since gender is a social construction, so they're thinking... Mm-hmm. We can do whatever we want here. So what they decided to do was they they did surgery. This is on a, you know, newborn, right? Uh, removed uh, what was left of his male anatomy, his testicle and, and the rest of his parts. They said they created an artificial uh, vagina, an artificial part there, 
and said, okay, we're going to dress him as a female. We're going to um, give him a female name. And, you know, gender is a social construct, so we, we, we can make whatever he wants, you know. So he grew up thinking he was female. He reaches high school mm. age and begins to realize he's attracted to girls. Uh, okay. Now he's thinking, oh, so I'm a lesbian. He's thinking, I'm a lesbian. I'm a lesbian because I'm a girl. I dress like a girl. I was told I was a girl. I was born a girl. So I thought, you know. And I'm attracted to girls, so I'm a lesbian. Well, long story short, a number of different factors take place. People witness to him. He becomes a Christian. And then he goes back to discover that he was actually born biologically male, right? Of course, he was intersex, so he didn't have all his parts. And is frustrated. Oh well, wait a minute. I, so I'm not a lesbian. I'm actually a guy. I'm just attracted to girls like any like typical guys. Yeah, guys would normally <laughs> often be, right? Yeah. And so now, of course, he tries to live his life as um as a male right but he doesn't have his parts and so i mean not that that's what defines you but nevertheless it's still hard for no, him but god right? put it there for a reason that's right man. that's right and so you ask the question who's going to be responsible for this yeah it's a great question this is as as camille paglia says this is child abuse it is a crime against humanity. So I agree with her. Um, I'm going to sound with her. I'm going to sound like a dinosaur. I'm going to ask you to walk back, Alan, with me to the distant, distant past, to maybe 1960s, 1970s, 1980s or so, where maybe even now, I haven't looked, but American Medical Journal and things like this, mm-hmm. the pedia- uh, pediatric uh, psychiatry Right. They have defined this, what are we calling it today? Is it gender euphoria? Gender dysphoria. Dysphoria. Yeah. They, they defined it forever and ever that it was a mental disorder. Yeah, it's gender identity disorder. Has that, have, what are they doing with that? Has it been changed, updated? Do we yeah, it's been changed. That? Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's no longer gender identity disorder, which is where you, you know, say biologically male but think you're a female, which would be classified as disorder in the past. Uh, now it's dysphoria. In other words, it's not it's not disordered or there's no problem mm. with being biologically male but thinking you're female. It's only a problem if you experience distress about it. If you're distressed about that mismatch, then it's dysphoria. That's what's a problem. That's what we need to help you with. But if you're okay with it, if you have no dis, no distress about it, well then there's there's no problem. You know, yeah, it's normal. And so we're going to affirm it. We're gonna, you know, and so I mean this is. This is the world that we live in, you know, and and it's not always the case that they push towards transition. But obviously, you know, since things like Bruce Jenner, you know, transition mm-hmm. to Caitlyn Jenner like this, you know, he's become a very popular example of that. A lot of people have been pursuing that. And there's so many reasons why this is not a good thing to do. Uh, I mean, number one, you could, for example, you could be wrong about your gender identity, but you can't be wrong about your biology. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Because gender identity is a, is a psychological sense in which, you know, like these kids who are seven think, oh, yeah, I'm a female. No, I'm a male. You know, they go back and forth. You can be confused about that, but you can't be confused about your biology. That's right. Right. I mean, you can just if you can't tell physically, you can certainly do a genetic test to determine that in virtually almost all the cases. OK. Yeah. Um, and another reason why transitioning would be the wrong approach is that you actually can't change. That's right. Your biological sex. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, for example, consider this. Mm. You could do, you could have plastic surgery done in your face to make yourself, say, if you're 60, you want to look 40, okay? You could do that. 
But would that surgery change your actual age? Cannot change your age. It would not. Because age is a biological reality that cannot be changed. Right. And so in the same way, if you're to do some sort of plastic surgery on your sexual organs, you might make yourself look different, but you actually haven't changed your sex because sex is a biological reality that also cannot be changed. Are we really talking about, and as unpopular as it is to say what I'm about to say, is aren't we talking about an epic, epic version of self-delusion, self-deception? Is it, it's the masquerading. And I'm not, I'm not condemning people who are battling this. Well, there's an answer, and we, yeah. we, we know who the answer is. Right. But I, at the, I don't know when this podcast is going to go out. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's in a matter of hours or days. But last week, in the news, it was reported that Bruce Jenner, I, I'm sorry, it's Caitlin, I guess that's yeah, the name. He, he calls himself Caitlin, I'm yeah. sorry, I grew up watching him win the decathlon. I had Bruce Jenner on my Wheaties box. Mm -hmm. So for me, he's Bruce. Mm -hmm. Last week's news, uh, Bruce might be coming back because did you see where he's, he, I don't know if he's dating or what's going on, but he has got a relationship going with a female. (laughs) Okay. A female. He, that's, that's normal. Right, right. Well, yeah, and, but it's to be interesting. How does he cash this out? Is he saying I'm a lesbian? Right? I don't know. A transgender lesbian, transgender <laughs> female lesbian. I don't know. Or is he saying, oh no, I'm actually, you know, a guy who's I attracted don't know, to a girl? But, but uh, so okay. So you asked a very interesting question. You said, what is it? What's going on here? Is this self delusion? Here's here's how I think. Here's how I see it. Many years ago, we used to talk about this idea, a philosophy called postmodernism. Postmodernism is the idea that there is no truth. Truth is relative to each individual. Mm-hmm. To me, this transgender movement is the ultimate expression yeah. of postmodernism yeah. because it says this biological reality, this external reality that is objective and true is irrelevant and is trumped by my personal subjective relativistic notion of who I am. And so to me, this is really uh, uh, the height, uh, or not the height, but a, a huge, massive expression of being postmodern. You know, this is kind of the fruit of that. You know? um, the Bible says that when Israel had no king, in other words, there's no yeah. reigning authority over the people. Every Ryan man did, did what, what was, was right, right in his own eyes. In his own in eyes. The last verse of Judges, yes. And we're living in a culture, mm-hmm. and because I come from a Christian worldview, my my understanding of that today in my 21st century is because because people, we a nation, whatever we we have we have no king, right? That we will not have this man to rule over us, yeah. Jesus. We're doing whatever we want to do, and I mean, ultimately, we know from Scripture, but we don't we forget about Scripture. We just know scientifically, sociologically, that yeah. it, this can't come. This cannot continue forever. Right. It's self-destructive. It's a yeah. mode. And some will say, sociologists, anthropologists will tell us that history says that such conduct was one of the last manifestations before the destruction of that civilization. Yeah. You see, that's a hard thing to say. That's right. I understand that, but it is a scientific thing to say. Yeah. And, um, and so we can keep going on this, but... There's hope for someone. If, if somebody's going to check out from our podcast right now, if they were leaving right now because they got to go to work, 
what would you tell someone who is saying, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, I'm there, Alan, I'm living, or I'm thinking about living. What does, what does Alan say to them? What's the hope? Well, okay, so um, uh, I, my concern for them is, first of all, I want to acknowledge that they are experiencing incredible distress. That's right. And I don't know if we mentioned this in a, in a previous episode or whatever, but I think I talked about how uh, about 41, 43% of people who identify as transgender attempt to commit suicide. And that's because, I mean, they are deeply distressed inside. And I, I, I fully acknowledge that. I mean, I can only imagine if I'm biologically male and I thought I was female, that was a female inside, I can only imagine how distressful that would be. So I want people to first recognize that we're coming from the place of recognizing these people have uh, extreme distress. They're confused. They're frightened. And I want to be sympathetic to that, you know. Uh, we're talking about these public policy things that are frightening and I think dangerous and scary, and we're vigorously opposed to that. But I don't want people to mistake the fact that, and, and I know you feel the same way, that we we are coming to this from a perspective of saying, man, we love these people. These are people yep. who are made in God's image. And no matter what they do to their bodies, no matter what they think they are, they're still valuable image bearers of God, deserving mm-hmm. of dignity and respect, yep. and are intrinsically valuable, right? Absolutely. And, and as you're talking about, well, what's their hope? Well, there is a God, the God that made them is their hope. That's right. You know, we've talked before about how, uh, you know, an engineer who's the one who designed something knows how that thing works. You know, GoPro produces a new, you know, action cam. It's the engineers of that action cam that will tell you what are the tolerances of that camera? How far underwater oh, yeah. can it go? How should it work? They're the ones who write the manual. And when it's not working right, the engineer will say, the, you know what, it's not working properly. Yeah. Send it back. That's right. Or well, let's, let's fix it. That's right. And here's some troubleshooting steps yeah. you can take. Why? Because the engineer who designed it knows best how it works and gives a manual to explain mm. how it works. Well, in the same way, if God is the one who made us, he is our engineer mm. and he's given us a manual to explain how we're supposed to work. What are our tolerances? What, what can be done if something is wrong? Mm. Right. And so the solution to a person who experiences a transgender ideation is not transitioning their body, but it's doing it more of a transition of their soul, right? Mm. And only the great yeah. physician, Jesus Christ, can do that transition, yeah. can make that change, a transformation of their soul. That's the key. So and, and what that means is that um, I, would, I would pray and ask this person to consider that maybe God has a better plan for you than what our culture seems to have because our culture seems to change their minds about everything all the time all the time i mean harvard university uh several years uh maybe a couple years ago put out some flyers saying gender identity can change not just on on a monthly basis but on a daily basis determine daily Mm. okay well how can you have any confidence that anyone in any given moment what you're supposing is your true gender identity is your gender identity and you're gonna make a decision about your body that'll have lasting lifelong implications with that like that's not the way to go God's word is unchanging. He's unchanging. He's made us. He loves us. And he knows what's best for us. Let me ask you something. Um, and just for our audience, if they're not familiar with you. So you, you. I mean, I, I want to say and commend you. You'll probably reject this. But you're an expert in what you do. And you traffic with experts. And you're looked to in your areas of expertise. Having said that, I I want to ask you, Alan, um, where if 
if the culture is constantly uh, fluid and changing, mm -hmm. the standard, the ethic is always now moving, there, there doesn't appear to be truth anywhere. Right. How does the church in the 21st century, this is still the Word of God. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is still on earth. Nothing of truth has changed. But how do we reach those that you just clearly said have been created in the image of God, but they're, but they're hurt, they're broken? Yeah. Uh, as, as all of us were broken, and the Lord's repairing and has repaired us. He always starts in the heart and the mind first. And then, but the point is, how, how do we reach them and give them love uh, as a 21st century Christian and church, and I mainly, yeah. as a pastor, I'm coming from the pulpit side yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. Alan, how does the pulpit reach the person in our in our congregation that's that's come in with these issues? Right. Great question. So the model for how we're supposed to approach this is is follow the model of Christ. Love. I'm sorry. Uh, full of grace and full. Who's described as being full of grace and full of truth. So what would that look like? Well, a number of things. Number one, I think that we need to make our relationships with people who identify as transgender or gay and lesbian, whatever. We need to make our relationships with them a high priority. Mm -hmm. I don't mean it's the top priority. Of course, your relationship with God should be the top or your family or whatever. But we should make our relationship with them a high priority because, look, it's relationships that function like a bridge by which we can communicate the truth uh, show our compassion and love, share the gospel. Friendship right? evan evangelism. Exactly. And I think Jesus is a great model of yes. this. I mean, uh, think of the story of Zacchaeus, Luke 19 yep. or so, right? Yeah. He Here's Zacchaeus, a guy who was considered to be an outcast from his community. Absolutely. People rejected him because he's, you know, getting taxes from, you know, for the Romans or whatever. And Jesus sees him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house to have a meal. Now, to Middle Eastern ears, that is a sign that's, that I want to have a relationship. That's true. Okay. Boy, so cool. he doesn't start with a sermon on tax collecting, right. right? He goes and he builds a relationship. And then later on we see in the Gospels, right? He says, salvation has come to this home, right? So in the same way, I believe that we need to begin by making our relationships with people who identify as gay, lesbian, transgender, whatever, a priority, okay? Um, number two, I'd say we as a church, and I think we've struggled to do this in the past, need to create a safe and loving environment yeah. for people to be okay with struggling with their faith, their sex, and their gender. Now, I don't mean to say we should lower our biblical standards. Not at all am I suggesting that. No, the key that. is they struggle. I think that's the that's, key. That's right. Or, yeah, and, and even if they struggle and they still fail at times, yeah, yeah. we need to allow them to be able to have an environment that's within right. the church where we can say, you know, I know you're identifying this way. I want you to know I love you. And, um, and, 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 realize that there's going to be many times where they're going to fail time and time and time again. And that's okay. We can still love them through that. We can still be there for them. We can still encourage them and not just be the one who says, Oh, okay, you blew it. Okay. Here's your Bible verse. Get out of here. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I think because we have pushed people away so often, they've just run to churches that are going to be gay and, L and transgender affirming. Right. 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 Because there's always going to be some yeah, church a, down there. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And and those and we know in the last days that such things are going to in, increase in in um, in all. Um, you said something, and I it, it just jumped out at me. Where, in fact, I'll put it this way: we we have LBGTQ people who are struggling, mm -hmm. and they. They know that 
this ministry teaches the truth. They know that. They hear yeah. about it from the radio or they hear right. about it from somebody else, and they will come. And some, I'm assuming now, I don't know, but I assume some leave. I know for a fact some stay. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. There are those who come and they want us to change our doctrine uh, to accommodate them. And that's the only way that we can be labeled as accepting. Mm -hmm. And they're actually asking the Christian to do an an impossibility. That's right. And I don't know what to say to that particular group. I don't know what to say to them. Biblically, that's not going to happen. Then there's the ones who say, I don't like what I just heard in today's message. I felt like you were actually pointing at me. <laughs> right. Well, I don't even know where you were sitting. Why, right. why do you feel this way? Because I'm LBGTQ. Mm-hmm. I didn't like what I heard, but I'm standing here talking to you right now because yeah. something's happening to me right, right. now. Right. I hear this all the time, Alan, yeah, yeah. where I almost want to punch you but I also want to hug you, and I don't know what to do about this. I tell them, you know what? Come back. Start reading your your Bible here. Come back and just do this. Be be intellectually honest enough with yourself. Mm -hmm. Come back for the next three or four weeks. See what God might do. Because, Mm -hmm. friend, what you're actually experiencing is very, very much like the doctor saying, you go in for a checkup, but then the doctor says, how does this feel? Well, that hurts. Yeah. And what does he do? The doctor pushes and grabs it more. Mm-hmm. Friend, I'm not pushing on you and grabbing you more. I'm only the messenger. The Holy Spirit's reaching out to you to say, I want to set you free. Mm-hmm. And I think today we're living in a time when even the work of the Holy Spirit, if it could be legislated out of our world, there would be those who would say, Holy Spirit, you're not welcome because what you're doing in someone's mind mm. to bring them to that transform, uh, transformational change in Jesus could be construed as offensive. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's an offensiveness that's rude, and I love the fact that you're very much against that, and so we should be. There's also what I would believe is Paul the Apostle saying, that the gospel of the cross is offensive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One is a, one is a cutting to destruction, and no one wants this. The other one is a cutting by the hands of a skillful physician Mm -hmm. to remove the harm. And I don't know if that is getting out in the world today because it's so polarized, you know? And so uh, I'm very outspoken on this topic, but if people would just listen, they would also hear that I buried a good friend of mine who was a homosexual who died of AIDS. Mm. And he told me, he said, Jack, don't let anyone ever tell you that our lifestyle's gay. It's very sad. Mm. And you see the alcohol abuse yeah. in, in that, that world. Why? They're hurting. Right. They're looking. And, and we're not here to hammer on that because adultery, uh, that's heterosexual sure. adultery, all the sure. other, yeah, other yeah. things Christ delivers us from if we let him in as well. Um, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to read something that, I mean, it's blunt, Al. I'm going to warn you right now. It's yeah. really blunt. Okay. Uh, it's regarding YouTube takes censorship to trans debate. And this is a quote from November 8th. 
Hopefully I can read this right. Let's see how it goes. If I walk into my doctor's office today and say, Hi, I'm Margaret Thatcher. My physician will say, I am delusional and give me an antipsychotic. But if instead I walk in and say, I'm a man, he would say, congratulations, you're transgender. So I assume the author of this is a, is a female. If I were to say, doctor, I'm suicidal because I'm an amputee trapped in a normal body. Okay, I got the amputee trapped in a normal body. Yeah. Please cut off my leg. I will be diagnosed with body identity integrity disorder. But if I walk into the doctor's office and say, I am a man, sign me up for a double mastectomy, my physician will. Then came the part that really set YouTube off when I said, when someone said, see, if you want to cut off a leg of, or an arm, you're mentally ill. But if you want to cut off healthy breasts or a penis, you're transgender, mm -hmm. close quote. Um, that's very graphic. Yeah, it's very graphic. And yet, it's an actual medical and ethical debate that's going on yeah. today. Yeah, I think you were telling me off camera that that there are people who uh, have been uh, surgically uh, altered mm -hmm. outwardly mm -hmm. of their uh, birth parts, of their biology, only to later regret that, yeah. only to later rethink it. But they are now, at least optically, condemned but this is a i mean it's just shocking to read that and yet this is the reality that we live in today there's so much truth in what this person's saying it's almost so blunt though and almost so honest he's like i don't want to talk about that yeah but anything you want to well no i mean it's just another example of of just where our culture has gone i think uh i i find myself surprised at almost at every turn mm. of our culture where we just do the next thing you know we have stories like this where you know, that kind of, um, those sorts of decisions are being okayed by physicians. And I just, I just, I mean, we already kind of already addressed the whole physician thing, but yeah, there's so much pressure for them to go along with this and to use the medical profession as an arm, as an instrument of the transgender movement. And I mean, I just, you know, Ryan T. Anderson wrote a book about uh, the transgender movement and he actually called it a transgender moment. And he called it a moment because he believes it's mm -hmm. going to be just a period of time, kind of what you were alluding to before, um, that it, this is this cannot continue to be like this. Uh, to go back also to Camille Paglia, she also talks about how not only is it child abuse to do this to, to children, but she says when you start to eliminate the distinctions between males and females, this is a sign of the unraveling of our culture. She said that. Yeah, that's right. She said, I mean, she, she is, uh, you know, outspoken on multiple occasions, uh, kind of like the, the comments that you were making earlier about how, you know, when you see this kind of thing happening, this is like the end of a culture, you know, because these distinctions and <clears throat> between male and female, which kind of give orders to society mm. are, are being lost. So, yeah, I mean, this is all the more reason why we as Christians need to um, not capitulate to culture on this not be pressured to adopt uh, the ways of, of our culture like, you know, the church has had to wrestle with for, for thousands of years, right? I mean, any at any moment 
in time in the church's history. They've been pressured by the culture, and this is the current challenge that we are being pressured by, uh, a temptation to capitulate to what they're saying. And unfortunately, as we talked about uh, uh, on the, the Real Life program, uh, in, in terms of the, the video program that we did, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about how there's organizations who are saying, oh, well, yeah, we can be Christian and we can identify we can identify as transgender and this is perfectly normal and healthy and it's biblical. Yeah, uh, I think theologically the scripture warns in the last days that, um, that these, are the, these are they who struggle, wrestle with the scriptures to their own destruction. What a sad yeah. commentary because they're trying to make the scripture condone um, what they have chosen over the revealed heart of God for them um, gosh, Alan, you just jarred my memory of just a, uh, the start of the school year for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, my, it's my way of doing things that after, after teaching, I'll, I'll go to the foyer and meet people. Yeah. And so um, there was a single mom with a seven-year-old and a four-year-old daughter, both daughters. And the mom said, um, she was very distraught, you could tell, very upset. And she said, Pastor Jack, um, this last week in school, first, first, my daughter's first uh, year of, I forget what, ever grade seven-year-olds in, she said, my daughter came home from school on the third day and said, um, Mommy, um, I'm a girl, right? And the mom was mortified. Yeah. And she said, yes. Why do you ask? She said, because our teacher said that's, that we may be boys or we may be girls. And that's what she said. And so I said, "Where is your Where's your daughter? Where's Where's your daughter right now?" I, and I said, "Where's Where's your husband?" Well, I'm divorced. Okay, then where's your daughter? Oh, she's over there. Can you call her over here? Seven years old. She comes over, and I said, "Hi, how are you? What's your name?" She tells me her name. Yeah. I said, "You're so pretty." Um, so your mommy told me that that your school teacher, um, suggested to you that you marry. May, you may be a boy. You may be a girl. Is that right? Yes. I go, what do you think you are? I'm a girl, she said. And I go, how do you know? I want to be like mommy um, because I am. Very sweet, right. very innocent, very precious. And I said, you know what? God made you the beautiful girl that you are. And if anyone ever tells you differently, you just remember what God has made you because he's made you for a great purpose mm-hmm. and he's going to use you. God wants to use you. And he's, he's happy that you are a beautiful little girl and you don't let anybody change you on that, okay? Because God's the authority, not, not the teacher, right. not anyone. It's God. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And with that seven-year-old psychology of her, she went, okay. Yeah. And she left, and the mom's got tears, and right. she said, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I said, listen, Mom, you need to step it up. You need to step it up, sweetheart, because the Bible says that we are to train up a child in the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you think that means? She's silent. She didn't know what it meant. I said, listen, it means a lot of things, not only knowing doctrine, yeah. 
but to celebrate the fact that your daughter is a female. Point her in the direction that she should go. In other words, and this is a reality, some people have, maybe every parent has, a three-year-old boy who is goofing around and climbs into the closet and comes flying down the hallway with his mom's high heels right, on. Right, right. The mom or the dad, they are not to say, oh, wow, boy, that caught me off guard. Maybe he's, maybe he's gay. Yeah, right. No, you say, hey, put those back. Those are mom's. Only your little sister can wear those. Right. Get your dad's boots on. Right. Let's go out in the yard. In fact, let's go chop down a tree. Let's roll around in the motor oil, something. Mm -hmm. You point boys in a masculine direction, and I'm not, and here's another word masculine. I don't mean macho, sure. but you realize a boy was born to us that's been confirmed biologically, chemically. Mm -hmm. It is our job as parents to instill within him his manhood, biblical manhood. Mm -hmm. Same true for the little female. Uh, if she comes down, you know, she wants to wear dad's, what it, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Parent them in the direction. Today we have parents feeling as though they, that they can't do that. But what really bothered me, Alan, and I've heard this numerous times, uh, this, this final one was this. High school kid, parent says, uh, the teacher says to the course, to the class, have you ever thought, if, you, if you're a male here today, which I thought was hilarious that they. If you are male here today, well, with your logic, how do you? How do yeah. you? How do you? Can you yeah, assume yeah, that? Yeah. But if you're a male here today and you've ever wondered what it would be like to touch another man, you are probably dealing with homosexual tendencies. So think about that. We live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Didn't Katy Perry say, "I kissed a girl and I liked it" in her mm -hmm. song? Yeah. Listen, we live in a fallen world. Temptation of sin is everywhere. And my understanding of the Bible is Satan can launch thoughts into your mind. He can shoot at you. He doesn't know what you're thinking, but he's mm -hmm. old and he's yeah. smart. He can shoot a thought into your head. And that kid or those kids in that class are thinking, gosh, I had that curiosity. I, that thought entered my mind. I thought it was weird, but now my teacher's sanctioning the entertaining of this right. thought. Authoritative figure outside of arithmetic, mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of history, mm -hmm. outside of geometry says if you had this thought you may be talk to me about it yeah well i mean it's disturbing and all the, re all the for all the reasons that you kind of alluded to it there um you're right i mean especially at that young age it's normal for kids to yep. have confusion perhaps or wonder about things or to experiment with things and yep. whatever and as you put it this authority figure is sanctioning those um those sort of variant thoughts and making him sound like, oh, this is maybe who you are. Here's what's crazy. Even if the child were to express kind of more of a persistent des desire or thought process about being maybe of a different gender, if you look at what the uh, American uh, Association, uh, American Psychiatric Association and the American Psychological Association, which again, are attitudinally pro-LGBT, right. okay? The American Psychiatric Association has the DSM, the Diagnostic uh, manual for, I forgot what, how it stands for, but DSM. The American Psychological Association has the psych handbook for psychology and sexuality. Both of these say that if a child expresses some sort of transgender ideation, that by the time they reach puberty and young adulthood, I read that. 60 to 80% of them will return back to identifying 
as the, of the gender of their biology without any intervention. Yep. They call it self-correction. They'll yeah. self-correct. That's right. So, and yet what, what people seem to be proposing is, oh, well, if they have any thoughts or whatever, that must mean they're gay or they're transgender or whatever. Let's try to solidify that. Let's give them, you know, hormone blockers or it's like, oh, wow. It's amazing that we've come to this. And, and that's why, you know, as we already mentioned, there's even people who are on the side of, you know, who identify as gay or lesbian who are saying, this is, this is wrong. This is going beyond just, you know, mm. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. We're now making decisions for kids you know, that they don't have the capacity to fully understand the implications. And yeah, as many people have said, this is like experimenting on children, yeah. you know, it's Oh, I horrible. believe it is. At least, at the very least, it's a, it's a social engineering of a child for what? The curiosity of the adults, of the, of the culture, or I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know, but mm-hmm. I know this. I love the fact that as crazy as things are in this world, that the world has the opportunity to open up a Bible. And I'm specifically thinking about Paul and Corinth. Mm-hmm. I've been to Corinth. I was just recently, a couple of weeks ago, in, a, in a Pompeii um, and in Corfu, so Greece and in Italy. And when we went to these, these beautiful archaeological sites, I found it amazing, Alan, as it was in Corinth, so we're taking a tour of these biblical sites, and the the vendors have their their carts. They're you know yeah. they're selling stuff, right? And they have unbelievable art. You know they're 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 knockoffs. Of course they're knockoffs yeah. of these little idols. Maybe you've mm-hmm. seen them. These little figurines, and they're just like the ones that were unearthed, and they're in the museum of of antiquity in London or whatever. And they are. People engaged in all kinds of freakish sexual acts. Right. And these are 3,000-year-old yeah. toys or trinkets, right? Idols. And they're selling the knockoffs. They're selling the knockoffs. It was just so offensive. Then they had, they, had, they had female. You could buy this thing that's a female thing, mm-hmm. and, you can, and they had male things that you right, could buy. Right, right. And no one's blushing. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's been like this since the beginning of time. Mm. But here's why I'm bringing it up. I think... God, that my culture has not gone so far that my Bible and my God cannot relate to those that are stuck in it. Mm-hmm. That the answer that Paul was giving, for example, to the church at Corinth was quite possibly, maybe, I don't know, but very similar to the morality that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. And the answer for the Corinthians is the exact same answer for the Californians. It's amazing. Jesus, the blood of the Christ, the the cross of Christ is still the answer Mm -hmm. for for these things. And Psalm 107, verse 19 and 20, then they cried out to the Lord in their time of trouble. Mm -hmm. And he saved them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Mm -hmm. It's still the same answer. It's always been the same answer. And... um, I think time-wise, we'll, unless we have other things to talk about, I'm looking at producer Steve. Enough. Closing words from Alan? Oh, well, um, no, I mean, I think, I think you're, you're closing with sort of the right trajectory here, and that is we want to turn to what we know is objectively true, not relativistically true, mm. which is culture and things that change at any given moment, any given time. It's one thing is new, and the next thing is new, and just everything's always changing. Rather, returning to what we know to be objectively true. That is a God that is unchanging and his word that mm. is unchanging. And as we mentioned before, 
he's our creator, he's our engineer, and he's given us a manual to understand who we are and, and, and how to troubleshoot the problems that we experience, you know? Of course, we know what that troubleshooting is. I mean, the, the problem is, is, is the sin that we have. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's corrupting so many things, including our own identities, you know, and, and who we think we are. And hmm. um, I'm just glad that, uh, yeah, we have this objective truth to turn to for hope. Wow. You know, this may sound very corny, but you just... <laughs> I, yesterday, Alan, I got my, I got my new flat screen TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever the whatever the new smart thing is, got it set up, and and my spectrum, my spectrum stuff came in the mail, mm-hmm. and it's the bo- It's look, I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff, but it has it has all of the data, and it's and you, you do it yourself, and here's the you here's the modem, and and here's the Wi-Fi, and here's yeah. the here's the box, and I'll plug it in. So simple. And, and if you were in doubt, there's, they had a YouTube link for Spectrum. And, yeah. and I went through that. So simple. I did it. Yeah. I did it. And it was quick, right? Turned everything on. It's not working. It's not working. And so I went through all kinds of gyrations. Number one, I'm very insecure about technology. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I, I hire people to help me do that. Right, right. So, but I'm, I, they made it so simple. Yeah, yeah. You got to do this. So I'm doing it. It's not working. Hours go goes by, and it's not working. And then I look down at the bottom, and it says, if you're having trouble, call this number. I called the number. I told them what was going on. And so they said, you know what? You did everything right. You're good. You've, you've done everything right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you uh, I'm gonna, uh, whatever they do. They're going to send this thing over the world, this invisible world, and give it 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Boom. And so um, I go to do it, and it's not working. And I found this very powerful to what you said a moment ago. The technician did all the work and said, listen, you did everything right. I'm doing everything right on my end. We're both correct. Something's wrong. And so they're going to send a technician. They're going to bring new, new equipment. There's something in the system. They're not talking. This is not talking to this. Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring some new hardware. And I find that provoking to what you're saying. My life, my world, born into this world 62 years ago, input into my life as it was, um, not really wanted as a child. I survived an abortion, weird upbringing, all this kind of stuff. Uh, things like so many kids today. I thought a suicide at 12, 13, 14 years of age, which kind of normal these days, I guess. Long story short, at the age of 19, Jesus rescues my life. Mm-hmm. The, the information was there. The signal was being sent. It wasn't until... God touched me sovereignly, supernaturally by the, his power right. to where things were replaced. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that in the moment of us turning to Jesus, that whole process begins with him giving us a new heart. And I love this next one. And he renews our minds. Mm-hmm. And that for me is so, so telling that until the Lord touches my heart, my mind's not working right. Mm-hmm. So many people will not let Jesus into their heart for their minds to be renewed. I just, I would love 
if people would take you up, take us up on the challenge mm -hmm. to just ask Jesus Christ to reveal himself to you. If you just be honest and ask him, the things that await you, the signal will be sent from the creator, mm -hmm. right? Through the channels to the device <laughs> and everything comes alive. That's what he wants to do. So listen, we want to thank you. Alan, thank you for yeah, being with us. Gosh, yeah, I just course. love the way that you think and I love your uh, gentle heart, but, un but not compromising regarding mm -hmm. the truth. You mm -hmm. bring it right and, and I, I so respect you for that. Mm -hmm. And um, can you give the people a plug on where they can find you? Yeah, so I'd encourage them to come to uh, Stand to Reason, which our website is str.org, str.org. And we have, we have articles, podcasts, social media, videos, po I mean, everything. So uh, however you want to consume the stuff, we have it in virtually every medium. That would be awesome. a place to be. I encourage you to do that. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Real Life Talk. Until next time, God bless you guys. Mm -hmm.